Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. You cannot tell me that God does not love me. I have scripture after scripture that tells me that he loves me, that I am the apple of his eye, that I am the righteousness of God, that he loves me. He knows how many hairs I have on my head. He loves me and there is nothing else that you can do about it. I'm in the family because of that love and just like... Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, Today's message comes from 1 John chapter 5, reading uh, verses 1 through 6. Again, that is 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. I'll be reading the New International Version. Let's see what the word of God has to say for us today. Everyone who believes Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this love for God to keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit who testifies because the spirit is truth. God's word for God's people and God's people said, amen. Pray with me, church. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that comes from above. We thank you for the rising of the sun and the going down of the same for life, health, and strength, for new mercies, for grace. Lord God, I come before you as humbly as I know how. Hide me behind your cross. Allow me to decrease and you increase so that people don't see me, but they see Christ Jesus. Forgive us for any sins we've committed by word, thought, or deed against your divine majesty. And help us to forgive others. For that perfect prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, said, forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Help us not to yield to temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. For you are the king of glory. You are the Lord strong and mighty. You are the Lord mighty in battle, and it is in the precious, perfect, powerful, the magnificent, the matchless name of Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. For the time that we get to spend together, I would like to talk about having peace. Having peace. Stress. Stress. 
Stress is something I deal with from time to time. I don't enjoy it, but I understand that it is a part of my life and something that I must deal with. I know when I'm getting stressed. How do I know when I'm getting stressed? Uh, I start to eat, probably a little too much. Uh, I get short with people, speaking in an extremely direct manner. I get a little furrow in my forehead. I uh, feel my neck get tense. Uh, some years ago, I hurt my neck and had to go through physical therapy to get my neck back right. But I noticed after having that injury that whenever I was getting a bit stressed, my neck would start to get tense and I would feel it in my neck first. Uh, the fact that I know these things about my body uh, allows me to pay attention and take a step back when I feel it. Maybe do some stretches, maybe take a walk, maybe watch something enjoyable, something to bring the level of stress down. We all get stressed, whether we like to admit it or not. I have someone I know that says all the time, I don't do stress, I don't get stressed. And uh, I also know that this person will have blood pressure issues from time to time and, and splitting migraines. And so I would say they don't get stressed, but their body does. We all do get stressed, whether we like to admit it or not, especially if you live in the United States and especially during this time. Even before the pandemic, over the last several decades, the United States has become a world leader when it comes to stress. According to the American Institute of Stress, stress-related illnesses cost the American economy 300 billion, 300 billion with a B, in lost productivity, and medical bills every year. $300 billion is spent on lost productivity and medical stress every year. 44% of Americans feel more stress than they did five years ago. And one in five people experience what they call extreme stress, which means they are so stressed out, they have symptoms that happen like heart palpitations, shaking, uh, depression. Uh, three out of every four visits to a doctor are for stress-related ailments. And a lot of that stress is hitting us earlier in life as well. In the early uh, 2000s, a psychologist by the name of Robert Leahy wrote uh, that the average high school kid today has the same level of stress and anxiety as the average psychiatric patient in the early 1950s. And this was in the early 2000s. I can only imagine what 
reports will come out later as we separate ourselves from these past few years. According to the Center for Disease Control, uh, stress can cause feelings of anger and fear and sadness, worry, numbness, or frustration. There'll be changes in appetite, energy, desires, and interests. There'll be difficulty concentrating or making decisions, difficulty sleeping or having nightmares, physical reactions such as headaches, and body pain, stomach problems, skin rashes, worsening of chronic health problems, worsening of mental health conditions, increased use of tobacco, alcohol, and other substances. People will do many things to reduce stress. Some good, some not so good. Maybe take up yoga or, or mindfulness or seek a therapist, uh, change diets, cut out toxic people, possibly changing companies or even careers. And all of those things may be good. And they may even be needed in certain situations. I don't want anybody that is watching or listening to this to think that I don't believe those things are good things. I practice some of those, if not most of them, myself. But I realized that they are all temporary. They give me a temporary feeling to remove myself from the stress, but they don't put my life on easy mode. And uh, they are things that will make me happy temporarily, but they won't give me peace. The truth is, however, despite billions of dollars that people spend on this stuff, you cannot buy peace. In a world that may feel out of control, no amount of money spent on things will give us peace. It's a whole world still out there, and we still have to deal with it. Happiness is temporary, but peace is a state of being. The people who John was writing to had every reason to be stressed. Uh, while the author's audience isn't identified at the beginning of the letter, uh, the early Christian churches of John's day were harassed, they were persecuted, they were beat up, they were martyred. Uh, it was bad for them. People were losing their livelihoods and their lives because they were connected to the gospel of Jesus Christ. At a bare minimum, they would have been ostracized by their own communities for believing that someone who had been executed like a common criminal was the Messiah and was Lord of this world. With such turmoil and stress surrounding the new believers, it would have been very easy for them to take a 180, for them to stop believing, for them to stop doing what they were doing with adding that additional stress. However, the early believers, the early Christians, 
thrived during this stress and this persecution. The first few centuries of Christianity saw it explode in numbers and influence so much that by the early fourth century, uh, it was the dominant faith of the Romans who had tried to destroy it earlier. The early Christians thrived, I believe, because they held on to some major points that gave them peace. They had peace knowing that, that we are all children of God and we are children of God because God loves us. We are all God's children because he loves us. And because he loves us, we are his children. The two are intertwined. It is the love that makes us family. This is not something anybody else can take away. No one can take away the love of God from you. No one can take away the love of God. I believe that's what Paul was talking about when he said that I am persuaded that neither height nor depth nor things present nor things to come nor powers or principalities that nothing can separate us from the love of God. God loves all of his children. And belief in Jesus Christ is also evidence that we are children of God. The love of God and the love of God's other children are also intertwined. They're linked. You can't say you love God and not love God's children. You can't say you love God and not love God's children. They say that the third time is a charm, so I'll say it one more time. You cannot love God and not love God's children. Uh, the scripture said, how can you say you love God whom you have not seen, but don't love your neighbor who you see every day? We are all in this thing called life together and in the body of believers. So we must love God and love God's children. We are all God's children because God loves us, not because of any task we completed, not because of any positions we hold, not because of whatever degree we've got, not because of the clothes that we wear, not because of the family uh, on this earthly realm that we were born into. We are children of God because of God's love. As I've said before, it is the love that makes us family. We should have peace in knowing that. Just like you cannot tell me who is not my mama and my daddy, you cannot tell me that they don't love me either. And you cannot tell me that God does not love me. I have scripture after scripture that tells me that he loves me, that I am the apple of his eye, that I am the righteousness of God, that he loves me. He knows how many hairs I have on my head. He loves me and there is nothing else that you can do about it. I'm in the family because of that love. And just like I'm in the family because of that love, everybody else is in the family because of that love. And we got to treat them as such. Peace in knowing that we are loved by God and that we are the children of God. It may be rough right now. 
but somebody still loves us. It may be hard right now, but somebody still loves us. It may be stressful right now, but somebody still loves us. The creator of all ages, the one who was and is and is to come, the one who sits high but looks low. He loves us and we should have peace in knowing that. We should also have peace and obedience to God. Evidence of the depth of our love for God is the level of our obedience to the will of God. Evidence of the depth of our love of God is the level of obedience to the will of God. We cannot just say we love God. We have to act like it. There's got to be some action about this. Love is a verb. Uh, we must do what God says. If we want what God has for us in our lives, if we want what God wants for us in our lives, we have to do what God told us to do. And what God told us to do is in his word. Over and over again, that may sound like a burden. That may sound like it's hard to do. But God's word is not burdensome. We just have to spend some more time practicing it. Nobody is an expert on day one. Nobody rolls out the bed and, and suitably proficient in everything they need to be suitably proficient in. Uh, athletes aren't made overnight. Business titans aren't made overnight. Political leaders aren't made overnight. You have to learn and you have to practice. I made a career out of technology, but the first time I got around technology, I had no idea how to even turn most of the stuff on. We can spend more time practicing doing what God says instead of expecting ourselves to be perfect on the first try. I was told time and time again growing up, if at first you don't succeed, try and try again. Uh, with the love of God and obedience to God's word, we can do more than we ever imagined. We can become world beaters with that power of the love of God. We can become world beaters when we do so. That's what the text is talking about when it says in verse 4 that that love and that obedience gives us the power to conquer the world. It gives us the boldness to speak truth to power. It gives us the ability to walk in authority. It's a lot harder to be stressed when you know that you have the victory. The children of God are winners. We are world conquerors. We have our faith in Christ Jesus as our weapons, a belief in God and a belief that Jesus is the son of God. And with that, we can have a peace that surpasses all understanding. We are connected. We are loved. We have the authority to conquer the world text says that we are connected by blood and by water. Water. God moved through water all 
over the text. In Genesis, as early as we said that the Spirit of God moved over the what? The waters and said, let there be light. Moses was saved by water. Noah was saved by water. Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River and he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Water is there. And we are connected to Jesus when we get baptized. That's why as part of our baptismal vows, we ask when we are baptized, we reject the power of sin and begin our paths as disciples of Christ Jesus. That is one of the reasons why when we baptize in the United Methodist Church, our baptismal vows ask, do you reject the spiritual forces of wickedness and, and reject the evil powers of this world? It's about the new birth. It's about the connection. It's about the initiation into the family of God. We are connected in, to new life in Jesus Christ. We are connected by water and by blood. We are connected by blood because Jesus willingly laid down his life, willingly gave himself up for us so that we could have life and have it more abundantly, willingly sacrificed himself so that we could all have access to eternal life. That that blood, there is a fountain, the hymnal says, filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And when sinners plunged beneath that flood, that flood lose all their guilty stains. We are connected by water an initiation into new life and by blood that Jesus willingly gave himself up for us. And, and that's why as well, baptism and communion are sacraments in the United Methodist system because that is what Jesus did. We are all in the family. We are all connected. We are all loved. We are all uh, have the power and the authority and the ability to conquer the world. And that is peace. Peace to know that I am, that you are, that we all are connected to the one who was, who is, and is to come. And we are connected in Christ Jesus, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Pray with me, church. God, we thank you for the word that went forth, for those who heard it and those who will hear it later. We thank you for the peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace to know that we are loved by God peace to know that we are children of God, peace to know that we are able to obey God's word, peace to know that we have the power to conquer the world, and peace to know that we are connected to one another and in Christ Jesus. Lord God, we ask that this be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, 
at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching and God bless.